Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Well, good morning, everybody. So a couple of minutes ago, Father Dave and I were kind of chuckling to ourselves. Um, as you know, this is the weekend when we invite our married couples to renew their marriage vows, and uh, we kind of honor their commitment, their faith in one another. So what's the very first line of our very first reading this morning? Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings. <laughs> I think God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? <laughs> and we should too, which, by the way, is the theme of my homily. So, apropos. You know, you guys, it seems to me that these past several years have been uh, full of this kind of heaviness, right? This relentless cloud. Heaviness is what I want to say. Crisis after crisis after crisis, and all of them seemingly existential, one right after the other. No sooner do we set one aside than along comes another, along with all the incessant screeching that you must be afraid, you must be angry, you must worry, you must do something. I'll give you a silly little example of this. So earlier this week, I came into the office in the morning, and I turned on my computer, and I opened, up, I opened up my browser. And you know how when you open up your browser, it'll kind of populate with news stories for the day or whatever? So this was the story that popped up on my computer that morning. Scientists discover Omicron in deer. Why you should worry. <laughs> well, thank God because I was almost starting to get a little hopeful about this whole COVID thing, right? And it's not just COVID. I mean, we could make a whole laundry list, couldn't we? I mean, climate change, race relations, school curriculums, broken politics, civil war, trucker protests, China, Russia, the economy, supply chain disruptions, government mandates, cancel culture, on and on and on. We could go on and on and on, couldn't we? It seems like it, doesn't it? We've become a culture obsessed with fear and anger and worry. So it's no wonder that so many of us are walking around stressed to the gills or seething with wrath or depressed or hopeless or racked with anxiety. And it's not that these issues or even the more personal kinds of struggles that we run into in our lives, it's not that they're not important. It's not that they're not worthy of our attention, our concern, even our serious effort. But there's a danger here, you guys. And that danger is that we let ourselves be cajoled into taking ourselves and our own efforts too seriously, into letting this, this world's problems fill the whole of our vision, so that's all that we can see, into forgetting that Jesus is Lord and that he's already won the victory for us. St. Paul reminds us in our second reading this morning that our hope isn't hope for this world alone. The resurrection points to a much bigger plan and a far more mysterious horizon for our lives. So that same powerful and tender love that raised Jesus from the dead, that very same love surrounds my life and your life and sustains us and sustains our world as well. And I think that should broaden our perspective a bit and maybe lighten some of that heaviness, soften our hardness, allow us to relax, even to laugh once in a while, because we're secure in this knowledge that, you know what? In the end, it's not all up to us. We have a Heavenly Father. He cares about the details of our lives. His grace and His providence, those are real. And so is the future that He holds out to each one of us.
Not too long ago, Stephen Colbert was asked if there's a connection between his comedy and his Catholic faith, and he gave an answer that was really interesting. He said, well, he said, as a Christian, I believe that love and sacrifice are deeply connected and that we're at our best when we're giving our lives away. And we can do that because the resurrection shows us that death is not defeat. And then he went on to talk about one of his favorite movies of the year, Belfast, it was, about the life of Kenneth Branagh. And he said what he liked about it was that it was funny and it was sad and it was funny about being sad. In the same way, he said that sadness is a little bit of an emotional death, but not defeat. Not defeat if you can find a way to laugh about it. So laughter, he said, is the thing that saves us from fear because fear so often will lead us to destructive choices in order to save us from the sadness. He gave this quote, which I'm still thinking about. He said, we must not be frightened or cajoled into accepting evil as our deliverance from evil. Instead, we must go on struggling to maintain our humanity, though monsters of abstraction threaten and police us. So he said, if there's some connection between my faith and my comedy, it's that no matter what happens, you must remember that you are never defeated. You must see and understand whatever it is in the light of eternity and find some way to love and laugh with each other. There's a lot of wisdom in those words, I think. Because our world, our world is beset with problems, no doubt, and our lives at times are beset with problems, serious problems. But those problems don't have the last word. And so what I want to encourage you guys is every once in a while, turn off the screeching, the cable, the talk radio, the social media, and find a way to laugh and to play and to be delighted. This is still God's world. You and I are still his children. Our Father's plan hasn't been derailed. I want to leave you with a little story I need a prop for this. So, back in 2001, I got to travel to Rome, and uh, during the time there, I got to go to a papal audience. And at the time, Pope John Paul was still pope. This was sort of towards the end of his papacy. And you might remember that towards the end of his life, he was getting quite feeble because the Parkinson's that he was struggling with was, you know, kind of getting stronger and stronger, more pronounced. So we were there in the audience hall, and we were waiting for him to come in, and then the door opened, and as he came in, he was accompanied by a couple of archbishops who had him by the elbows to kind of keep him steady, and he was sort of just shuffling along very gingerly and slowly, making his way, and then he got over to his chair, and he turned, and he went to sit down very carefully, and he put his arm on the arm of the chair, and you could see his hand was shaking, and then he began to speak, and those of you who are old enough, you might remember when he was younger, he was, a, he was an actor, right? His voice could boom, and it was very loud and clear and could project, but now it was really frail and tentative, and his speech was slurred, and we're all thinking, oh my gosh, you know, lo, how the mighty have fallen, this poor man, how does he kind of keep going every day, right? He's, obviously, he's struggling. Well, anyway, he finished what he had to say, and then he went to get up, and again, he turned and he started making his way and the archbishop came up and kind of, you know, took his arm and he starts going across the audience stage there, the hall stage, and all of a sudden somebody in the audience decides to start this chant, Viva la Papa, Viva la Papa, long live the Pope, right? So he's going along and he hears this and he stops and he shakes off the arm of the archbishop and he turns 
And this is what he does. He goes. <laughs> True story. So even in the midst of what was no doubt a great personal struggle and difficulty and probably frustration, a lot of frustration, John Paul could laugh, right? Because he knew that his life was held in the hands of our Heavenly Father. Our lives are held in the, uh, in the hands of our Heavenly Father as well, you guys. So what I, what I encourage is for you to go out and do likewise. <laughs>